We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Welcome to The Connection, a weekly radio program where we share our experiences and expertise with stories of caring, courage, and change right here in Connecticut. Listen to learn about needed resources to improve your well-being and transform your life. Now, here are the hosts of The Connection, Lisa DeMattis-Lapore and Ann Baldwin. Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to another edition of The Connection. And whether you're tuning in with us at 5.30 a.m. or our rebroadcast at 9. Yes. We're so excited. We are excited. Yeah, you know, a lot of people still got out of bed and listened to our show at 5.30. But now that we're on at 9, we have probably quadrupled our listenership. True. And if you really love us that much, you can listen to us twice. Yeah, you might miss something. It's like a good movie, you know? Yeah, you're right. You get more out of the second time sometimes. Absolutely. We've always got something for everybody. So it's great to have you all uh, with us this morning again. uh, I'm Ann Baldwin. And I'm Lisa DeMattis-Lapore. And Lisa is the CEO of The Connection, which thus the name of this program, because we really believe in sharing with our listeners, you know, good, useful information. Some of the stuff may apply to your life. Some of it may not. But, you know, it's kind of like they say in a 12-step meeting, take what you want. Leave the rest. Leave the rest. Correct. So it's all good. And um, I'm excited about our guest today. I am too. Um, And I I was telling Ryan Murphy, who um, is the director of your reentry assisted community housing program or called REACH. I just assumed Ryan Murphy was probably Irish, so I put the big <laughs> the big shamrock out on the conference room table. I brought it out of my St. Patrick's Day box, and I'm like, this is a little greeting for Ryan Murphy. And if you're not Irish, then I'll eat my shoe. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> so welcome, Ryan, to the show. Ryan um, has worked with us since, is it 2011? 2011. Wow. It seems longer, but in a good way. (laughs) And uh, Ryan um, really leads his staff team in providing the best services to our clients um, who are involved with the Department of Correction. So, Ryan, um, take it away. Tell us a little bit about the work that you do at at our REACH program, but also a little bit about what brought you to the connection and why do you love what you do? All right, so I'll start with the REACH program. The REACH program is a, a housing program supportive housing program for clients re-entering community from incarceration. And what is meant to be is a step-down program from incarceration to not just being thrown out into the community and living on your own. Mm -hmm. So while you have your own apartment that you share with one other client, you you do still have case management services. So it allows you to get re-acclimated into society uh, without just having to be thrown out there and do it on your own. Right. Well, and which... um you know, it has to be a challenge, you know, whether you're in for a short period of time or a long period of time, there's so many barriers to restarting your life, I would assume. Um, and I want to get to the tough question in a little in a little bit. But so give me an example of somebody 
that's been incarcerated and they're getting out. So how does the connection and the REACH program work directly with that? Let's just use one individual as an example. Okay, so uh, while they're incarcerated, we will go into the facilities and see them and see the, do their intake assessments so that we know what services they need once they come out. And then they come out and meet with their case manager. We put them in an apartment in the community that we have. We have 65 apartments throughout the state. Uh, from Norwich to Torrington, so we're in all corners of the state. Uh, and then each week they'll meet with their case manager, and their job is to work with them to find a job and secure their own housing. And that can look like a lot of different ways for a lot of different people. Uh, some people come out with no work experience. Some people come out with no identification. So the starting point is always different depending on the client. Uh, but to talk about the different time periods they've been in for, we've had clients who came out with after being incarcerated for 20 years and now you're starting with just how to use a phone mm. because think about world, it yeah that's right technology changes oh the my world goodness changes. yeah i've seen stories on that where people are like what is this or what is that and you got to reacclimate to all these different things i can't even imagine so our staff really ryan you know leads that staff but if you think about it the world changes so rapidly and mm. even a short period of time so really, um, our staff uh, wrap around this case, case management services and guidance to really become, you know, obviously a valued member of society, but also to break down barriers of stigma and other issues and fears. Can you imagine what it must be like, right? You've it's, seen people. It's crazy to see how much the world's changed when these people come out. Yeah. And if you were just thrown out into the community on your own without that level of support. Right. You'd be highly unlikely that you would well, be successful. And how can right. you succeed, right? If you don't if you don't have the ability to earn an income, you know, I know my um, father was a corrections officer for for many many years here in Connecticut, and he said, you know, he saw saw a lot of people come back just because of that reason. They couldn't find That's employment right. or they couldn't find housing, um, so it was easier to you know, be recommitted to prison where at least you knew you were going to get three meals a day and, you know, it beats the alternative of living on the streets because that's really what it is, right? It's either jail, streets, or death, or a program like The Connections. One other question I had, though, so there's a lot of inmates in our correctional system. Who's in and who's out? And how does, or do you have like a criteria through the REACH program? Can anybody so, take part? So we do have a criteria on very basic criteria on what it takes to get into the REACH program. Certain things about how much longer you need on your sentence and stuff like that. But we don't really have any factors that make it so you can't be in the REACH program. The only thing you have to still be currently serving your sentence. That's truly our strictest criteria. Otherwise, if you don't have a place to live and your DOC refers you or Department of Corrections refers you, you can come to the REACH program. We don't really have any. But how do you have room for all these people? It's a wait. There's a wait list. Oh, there is. Yeah, oh, yeah. absolutely a wait list. Mm -hmm. You know, so that that points to the need. Right. Well, there's a huge need, but I think the overarching issue um, when I think about the connection and the services we provide is the beauty of many of our programs is the fact that we really are committed in helping individuals getting their life back together. And it isn't just a place. See, this is the thing that people miss the boat on. I think. It isn't just getting a place to live. It's about being able to have support around you, right? Mm -hmm. To reacclimate into the community, having a safe place to live, but also learning how to navigate your life, 
Right. Everyone needs a life. I know. I, sometimes I feel like I need a life. <laughs> no, but truthfully, it's yeah. it's very scary. Oh, yeah. So to have people come in that are going to walk you through what it takes to reacclimate and get your life back on track is really the key to success. You can't just drop someone off after they get out of jail on a, you know, a, a corner and say, good luck you know, see you later. Mm-hmm. How do you, how do you do that? Yeah, they do it. Or, I know they do it. And, and you, you know, you make a really good point in that usually in these situations, Ryan, and you could speak to this better than I can. You, you need to change people, places and things Absolutely. once you come out of incarceration. So to go back to the old neighborhood or go back to the old, you know, people is probably not recommended. But after, so after you're years, not only starting over. Yeah. Uh, who's who's around after 20 years though, oh, right? You'd be surprised. And, well, but but to Lisa's point before finding housing for them when they first come out, so that's important. easy. Yes. It's the case management services that come with it that make it successful. Mm-hmm. The, the finding apartments, anyone can find an apartment, but without that case management and that person that knows how to help them get an ID or how to, where to look for jobs or where to look for apartments that are affordable, uh, without that piece, do with the case management piece, the program wouldn't be successful. Mm-hmm. That's true. And, and the how- staff are so committed. The staff go into the client's apartment, right? They meet with them there and they help them, you know, go through everything that they need to. You have, you sort of have like a life coach in a way. Setting up a bank account. Everything. Paying they your do, bills. They do everything. They're right. really, this is... A, how to fill out a job application, how to conduct an interview. Everything. I mean, they, you think about... They do everything. And, and with job applications today, they're not like they were when many of these people no, were they're online for jobs. Many of them. They're looking for paper copies and there's no such thing. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you deal with, you know, the not in my backyard thing? So you talked about, you know, you've got apartments all across the state. There's a need for more housing, but I'm sure that it's not, it doesn't always, you know pass with flying colors well the reach program is very you can't, you can't always tell that it's a reach apartment you by that i mean you can never tell it's a reach apartment so we kind of don't have that not in my backyard while we've had occasions of it the apartment looks like any other apartment in the community it looks just like a house that you would drive by and there are cops probably aren't called every day because no. you know and the here we go to the stereotypes right because i'm assuming a lot of these people once they're let out are on you know pretty strict parole mm-hmm. and you violate parole you're going back to the can right this this topic can make me i know we could have a but whole i think show we need to this. raise it you no, know because I, I again i think that people are again it's they look at you know a stereotype mm-hmm. so a special a special socioeconomic class a race it isn't about that i have there's we have a sex offender that lives right on the street where i live so my point is that people need to open their eyes and realize that this is what exists everywhere it doesn't matter you know i wish i could just you know i had this conversation um just really quickly with orientation orientation at the connection is when we have new employees come in i have never done this before which i can't believe i did it one of the new employees started crying not in a bad way because i was speaking to this group about our philosophy about our mission about our goals and the fact that everyone's always judging people by their race by their creed by their socioeconomic class that it's only this it's only that and if there's anything that i hope our agency does is break down these barriers and realize that this is about people this is about people that make mistakes i make mistakes every day people that make mistakes 
people that can give back, people who are worthy of living their life and giving back to the community, and we all take steps forward or backwards. Stop the judgment. It makes me crazy. I want to. I wish we could make the world a better place. We're trying. You're trying, and you're right? doing a good job. But I want to go back to the sex offender comment because I want to clarify that. So to your point, you're not putting necessarily sex offenders in these apartments and communities. Your point, Lisa, is that you live in a nice neighborhood and a nice community, and you've looked it up, and you have a sex offender do. living down the street. So that's the point. That's my point. That's, that's point. my point I'm right. trying to make right. is that – we need to realize that this is where we live, right? And people make mistakes. I'm not condoning the mistakes people make. I'm saying people make mistakes and they can change their lives and they do change their lives and mm-hmm. they make impacts in other people's lives. Right. Public, public education is one of the keys to that, not in my backyard theory. Uh, if we can educate the public on what's actually happening, exactly, uh, we're in a better place. And at the end of the day, these people are coming back out to the community whether they come out through reach or they come out and live in a shelter. And while they come out through reach, they're getting a dual level of supervision and they're getting services to help them become a proactive That's right. member. Right. And it's also, is it not, Ryan, it's it's to everybody's benefit. It's a public safety benefit. You, you can talk about that. And it's saving money because if you're coming out and going back in, you know, that's not a cheap alternative, right? No. So you got to, no. you're holding these people accountable and you, you know, what a great feeling. So talk about the public safety aspect because it's part of that, not in my backyard. Yes. And absolutely it is. And that's where the public safety goes with the public education mm-hmm. because these people are coming back to the communities no matter what. No one is getting locked up for life and staying in there that's forever. Right. So they're coming back into the community. And why not when they come back into the community? help them stay in the community and be successful member of the community. Mm -hmm. Uh, And to the financial issues, because you will always have those people who this costs money. Why do they get this? Because they're going to cost you more if they go back into incarceration than if we can make them tax paying law abiding citizens. Mm -hmm. And that's what it comes down to. So while we should serve these people because they deserve the chances everyone else deserves, if you want to look at it from the other lens, You're we're right. also saving you money. So, so the REACH program should be successful from both lenses. Right. And, you know, it's a great partnership with, between the Department of Correction it and is. the Connection. And, uh, again, we're speaking with Ryan Murphy, the director of the Connection's Reentry Assisted Community Housing, or REACH program. So Ryan has recently started the Danbury Reentry Collaborative, which is the 10th such collaborative to be formed in the state. Um, Ryan, tell us about what that collaborative does exactly. Okay, so there's a need in all communities for mm-hmm. the different agencies to get together because we're all working with the same uh, clients. Mm-hmm. So the reentry collaboratives are meant to be groups of people, likewise service providers, who come together who are serving clients reentering the community, which REACH does, which The Connection does. Uh, and in Danbury, we never had one of these collaboratives. There were nine other ones in the state, all working successfully. Uh, and then, uh, so being from Danbury and starting my career with Reach in Danbury, I wanted to start one of those in Danbury. So we were able to bring 35 people to the table at our first meeting. Wow. From DOC to probation uh, to discuss what services each of the programs offer and how we can work together to better serve our clients. Mm-hmm. There are so many people providing services in Danbury with no ability to refer with each other, to each other mm-hmm. that we were 
we were duplicating services, mm. but we also had large gaps in services. Uh, and that's kind of our goal is to identify those large gaps in services and hopefully be able to provide them for our clients. That's wonderful. That is great. And, and that's where the collaboration comes together. You know, I think we've talked about this how many times on the show, Lisa? Not one agency, not one oh, nonprofit. No, 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 no. Nobody can take this on. Collaboration's key. Collaboration now, you know, everybody used to be in their silos. I remember back in the day, this is my territory, get off my, my property. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but now... For whatever reason, people are starting to come together. I see it here in Connecticut um, where folks are working together to fill exactly those voids. Ryan, I have one other question of, um, for you. Does everybody make it? No. Uh, I wish I could say that. And how much time do you have to prove that you got it? Exactly. So REACH is a four to six month program. So the goal is in four to six months to help them find a job, save money, and get their own apartment. Is that always a practical solution? No. But within the last year... Uh, our success rates have been about 60%. And since July, it's sitting closer to 70%. Great. So I would say that REACH is very successful in that because with a national average and a state average of about 50% recidivism, the fact we're sitting at 30 to 40%, working with some of, some of the toughest clients to come out of incarceration, mm-hmm. clients who don't have family to go live with right. and stuff like that, uh, for us to have a lower recidivism rate than than the average, Mm -hmm. I would say is very successful. It is. You know, I was just out in Colorado on vacation and the governor there uh, passed a bill that will take off any job application the question, have you ever been convicted of a felony or a crime? Took that off the application. We have something similar in Connecticut with the ban the box. Uh, Ban the box has its own downfalls because you're still having background checks. So people are still not getting employment because of their backgrounds, but it's a good first step in the process. Uh, They did take off in Connecticut the question about... See, but I have a problem with that. I have a problem with that because, you know, I want to know. As a a businesswoman, I want to know if you've not... But I'm one of those people that has more of an open mind. And if you tell me and you're up and you're honest and you talk about how you want to change your life, hey, I'll give you a shot. I've got people that have and continue to work with me that have hit bumps in the road and and I believe in giving them a second chance but I think taking that and that's probably a whole other subject matter but taking that off the application to me is just ridiculous and it, it doesn't give the potential employee the opportunity to speak about his crime right and that's what we've always taught right. our clients is to speak about their crimes and how to speak about their crimes that's great because, you know, yes, there might be an explanation for it or, you know, what are your goals moving forward? And some those are just like in, you know, in recovery and then, you know, you walk into a 12-step program and it's the same kind of thing. There are people from all walks of life there. There are really smart, some of the smartest, most brilliant, amazing people I've met have been, you know, in the rooms. Absolutely. And so that's where we all have to just take it on Meet them where they're at, Lisa. How many times do you say that? Meet them where they're at. And take it out. You know, criminal record or not, you might not be the right fit for this job. Yeah, absolutely. And it's also important to understand that sometimes your criminal record makes you not fit for a certain job. Mm -hmm. And it's important to take that into account when you're looking for a job. But I would assume there's people coming out of incarceration, too, that... Like, I know this friend of mine who was incarcerated for a while was in there with accountants and with people from, you know, with major degrees and backgrounds. There's talent in there, too. There's all walks of life incarcerated. It doesn't, 
there, it's not one group of people who That's becomes right. incarcerated. So you've got a proven track record. Your statistics on success are, are high. Um, so what does life look like after somebody comes out of the program? After having worked with the Connection and the REACH program for so long, you probably got some good success stories. We do. And that's what keeps you working on this field is the success stories because if you didn't have them, you couldn't stay. Uh, in my mind, the perfect success story is someone who comes out and works a job who that has a livable pay to it, which is important. We can all find jobs that pay, but you could never get an apartment on the salary. Right. And just to continue to live a normal life and not become reincarcerated. I mean, at the end of the day, get out, work your job, and have your own place to live. And I think that's what all the clients would say is what they want. Yeah, it sounds yeah. like you're almost like a life coach, right? In Our, the, all your the folks that work in the REACH program. And couldn't we all use one of those? I know. To keep things in perspective. Tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> will you come to my house? You <laughs> <laughs> <He> will. <laughs> Our case manager, absolutely similar to life coaches. They're because great. They're every great. client has a different need. So you have mm -hmm. to be able to serve that client's needs. There's not one typical client. They all are at a different point and some come out and it's easy to find them a job and some come out and not so it's easy. not easy. What could make the REACH program more successful? What are the things that, you know, perhaps folks out there listening can, is there anything we can do? Is there any, are there any resources or, you know, what's your ask? Employment, employment, employment. If we could have business owners, whoever, give these people a chance to work and understand while you're giving them a chance to work, they'll still have a case manager who you can speak to and we can address concerns and we can help you make them a good employee. If they have a chance to work, my case managers can do the rest. So how do people find out about it? They can reach us on the Connection website. Uh, if you look under the REACH program on the Connection website, my cell phone number and email address are on there and I answer phone calls and emails at all times. Okay, and the website is the Connection Inc. All one word. dot org. The Connection Inc. dot org. And it's one of those things where if you can just get, just like anybody in life, you get to the next step, and you got somebody telling you what the next step suggested should be, it's easier to get to the next step and to the next step because I know at times I have this defeatist attitude, right? Absolutely. If I can't, I can't seem to put one thing in front of me. But if you can start to do that and you see progress, I uh, mean, that's what it's all about. And I've met so many people that have turned their lives around and their stories are amazing and they're amazing people. And there's so many more people out there who we don't even realize turn their lives around because they don't tell their story because for whatever reason they don't want to. Exactly. But there are plenty of people out there who are successful and they just need that chance. And that's what reaches about that chance. The chance not to just be let on the street homeless, but to have so there, some support. So there's a waiting list. So where's that at, Lisa? What's the plan? We'll just keep working with Department of Correction and hope that, you know, if in fact there's opportunity to expand the program, which there has in the past, right? We've been able to expand and we'll keep working, working to see if those options are available to us uh, and we just keep fighting the fight i mean the program has grown in its census so we're hope we'll hope that it will continue to grow well it's grown in its census and it's grown is in its successes absolutely True. right so it's one thing to ignore a program that's not working but why wouldn't folks which i call up at the big house the other big house <laughs> with the gold dome you know, why not support that? And why not, you know, look at these programs as, you know, just making a difference in people's lives. And We're all a victim of our circumstances, regardless of what those are. 
So. And that's a big area I think uh, our program and all the programs of the connection have made huge steps at is tracking our data better than we ever did. That's right. Because that way, when these financial opportunities come to us, that we can expand our program or create a new program, we can show data that it works. Right. Exactly. And people don't just throw money at you. They want to see the results. They want to see the statistics. They want to see, you know, you've got to write, you know, proposals and you've got to write grants. And especially in this, in this day and age, I mean, it, money's not just thrown at something that no. doesn't work. In this state economic culture, you need data to show that what you're doing works or you're not going to get the money. Right. Well, Ryan Murphy, um, thank you for what you do and thank thank you you for your, your good work and, uh, continued success. Thank you very much. That's what I like to say. And again, if you want more information on the reach program or any of the connections programs, the website is the connection inc.org, or they also have a toll free number, which is eight, five, five, four, three, five, seven, nine, Five, five. And we hope you enjoyed this edition of The Connection. Yes, we look forward to having you join us next Sunday. Right same here, time. same place, on, on WTIC News, News Talk, Talk 1080. 1080. Enjoy the rest of your day. Bye. has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.